0: Empire Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on X at C O R R Y J O E L. You can also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary, Cap, and Contract Matters. Uh, trading deadline is literally around the corner. The deadline is on Halloween, October 31st, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. So today we're going to take a look at who should be buyers, sellers, potential players on the moves, cap ramifications, taking into account developments for Week 8's games. Um, last year we had very eventful um, trading deadline. Um, Ten deals were done on trading deadline day last year. And if you look into the days leading up to the trading deadline, you had notable players being moved. Such as Christian McCaffrey going from the Panthers to the 49ers, Roquan Smith went from the Bears um, to the Ravens, Bradley Chubb goes from the uh, Broncos to the Dolphins. T.J. Hawkinson traded is traded within the NFC North, goes from the Lions to the Vikings. Last year, you had a clear sense of the really good teams. Versus the bad teams, this year it's a little murkier uh, in terms of who's good, who's bad, who would be buyers and sellers. Because you've got teams that have three wins that really aren't necessarily out of it. Because right now, take the AFC for instance, playoffs ended today, 4-3 and gets you in. So if you got three wins, you're a game out. NFC uh, four wins gets you in. Um, You got the Saints who be the outside looking in, four and four. So you got three wins. You may think we have hope, but there's some teams that really in the three win category should be sellers. To me, like the Washington Commanders, could have one very interesting situation. First, they're 0 3 in the division. Ron Rivera is not going to want to sell. Have a new ownership group, Josh Harris. He didn't. (laughs) That's not his guy. Ron Rivera typically owners want to bring in their own guy, so Rivera probably feels the pressure to make the playoffs. But you got two defensive ends they can't keep. They already signed the two interior defensive linemen to long-term deals, and never gonna have all four signed to long-term deals. Um, Montez Sweat and Chase Young. I'd deal one of those two guys if I am the uh, Washington Commanders. Um, They didn't pick up a fifth-year option on Chase Young, which they could have. Fifth-year option for him, Uh, $17.452 million. Would have given him more flexibility. He seems to have rebounded from the torn ACL um, in his right knee and patella tendon uh, midway during the 2021 season. He has five sacks you don't have, uh, he's in a contract year because he didn't pick up the fifth-year option, so Montez Sweat, also in a contract year. He is playing on a fifth-year option, so one of those guys should be dealt to me. Um, the Falcons, reportedly, who do need pass rush help and are atop the uh, NFC South right now, 4-4. Four and four. They hold a tiebreaker over New Orleans um, right now. Only one team probably from the... Uh, NFC South gets in. Need some pass rush help. They've offered a third-round pick. Problem is, in order to make a trade, the way NFL trades work, you have enough cap room to fit somebody's contract. So if you don't have the cap space uh, to fit somebody's contract in, then you're going to have to restructure contracts, cut players, trade players, or you're going to have to negotiate with the team how much money they're going to eat. And that's probably going to affect draft choice compensation and you would get more draft choice compensation doing that for instance uh, we had two years ago the Broncos and the Rams made a trade at the trading deadline where the Rams were in Super Bowl mode and didn't have enough to take on Von Miller's $9.7 million in base salary they converted 9000000 million pre-trade the Broncos did because you can't include cash or cap room in a trade, this is the workaround. You convert money into signing bonus before a trade. So, they only had to cover $722,000 in salary for the rest of the year, and they got a second and third round pick. So they basically increased the compensation for the ramp for the Broncos eating nine million dollars in salaries. So they basically bought draft picks that way. So any acquiring team is going to need ten 18ths of salary. Base salary plus what other salary components in the contract. Now, I digress for a second. Let's go back to Montez Sweat. Um, as I said, the Falcons have reportedly offered a third-round pick. I'd deal with one of the two. It's got an $11.5 million option. So you're going to need ten-eighteenths of his salary, $6,388,889. So that's what Falcons would need to acquire him. They barely have enough to cover that. They've got, according to NFLPA data, a little over $6.5 million in salary. So they'd have to readjust somebody's contract in order to make that work. Um, Third-round pick hasn't been enough. Saw a report that um, for Chase Young, they want a second-round pick uh, for him. And he's easier for anybody. Anybody should be able to acquire him based on salary. It's just a draft choice compensation. Um, he's making a little over $5.3 million this year. He had a fifth day of, the, of training camp roster bonus. that's has already been paid, which was $4,313,319. He's got a $1.01 million base salary. You only need $561,111 of cap space to acquire him. That's an easier move for someone to acquire him. Um, we just had Rashawn Gary, who was coming off of an injury, um, a knee injury, get extended by the uh, Packers. It's reportedly um, $24 million a year is a new money. Basically, $24 million a year is a new money. So, <laughs> that's probably going to be relevant for what these guys would want on a long-term deal. As we saw last year, um, Bradley Chubb got a long-term deal done uh, basically a few days after he was traded. So if you wanted to acquire one of these guys, that might be uh, something you'd want to do. Maybe try to get a long-term deal done in the process. Uh, You could always stick the franchise tag on either one of these two you acquired. Now, an interesting rumor popped up was um, the Bears being interested in chase young now the bears are going to have a ton of cap space they should really be sellers because they're going nowhere fast this year if two wins so they could acquire him they got extra picks from dealing the first overall pick to the uh, panthers so they could meet their rumored asking price and then worry about trying to sign him long term Um, If he fits, they made a trade last year thinking that they were going to get someone for long term. They ended up (laughs) the fire sale getting rid of Chase Claypool. They have a second round pick last year to uh, to Pittsburgh to get Chase Claypool and then dealt him this year because he wasn't working out uh, to the uh, Dolphins. Um, That's one that I see really should make a trade (laughs) because smart thing to do would be you're not going to pay both. Edge Rushers, deal one, franchise the other one, and there's another interesting dynamic. They're both represented by Clutch Sports, so they're not Clutch Sports isn't going to do anything which is going to be to the detriment of either either of either one of them with the Commander. So you're not getting a deal done of either one of them right now unless you just blow them away financially. Um, the Titans seemed like they were going to be in fire sale mode at least that was the perception after um, making the biggest trade so far of the home stretch of the trade period. Uh, last week, last Monday actually, um, two-time first-team All-Pro uh, safety Kevin Byard was sent to the Eagles for safety Tro Edmonds, a 2024 fifth-round pick and a 2024 sixth-round pick. Now, yeah, Will Levis a quarterback, Ryan Tannehill has high ankle sprain, shouldn't be out long. You're thinking, well, this is a team that was two and four heading into the Falcons, surprisingly beat them yesterday, three and four. Were they gonna start selling off assets? Cause the Jaguars are gonna win the division, uh barring a collapse or six and two. Titans realistically don't have a shot at making the playoffs. If they do make the playoffs, they really don't have a shot of having a deep playoff run. Derrick Henry, in the last year of his contract, is making $10.5 million this year. He's been splitting time more so than he has ever in the past because they drafted uh, Tajay Spears. He won't be back next year unless he's going to take a massive pay cut from the four-year, $50 million contract. He'll be 30 in January, have over 200, uh, 2,000 career carries, He's defied logic so far in his career, but you got some teams where he would make sense. The problem is you need a little over $5.8 million of cap room to acquire him for his base salary. Plus, He's got a $500,000 incentive that's considered likely to be earned, so you really need basically a little over $6.3 million. So to me, teams that should be looking at him. Two of them would have to... Convert salary for someone. Do a salary conversion. We'll have the Titans eat a massive amount of the contract. The remaining part of the contract in order to make this work would be, one, the Ravens. Because according to uh, NFLPA data, the Ravens have a little under $2.9 million of cap space. Uh, To me, the Buccaneers. uh, The Buccaneers have... A little under 3.85 million dollars of cap space. So you got 6.3 you need to take in, 3.85 needs to go out. Need 3.85 left. So something has to give. Um, And the Titans told Derrick Henry they don't intend to trade him. Now if someone blows them away, if an offer that obviously changes, the best you're gonna get for Derrick Henry when he walks next year, you'll be you'll get compensatory third-round pick in 2025. And that is if you don't sign more free agents, then you lose. If you sign more and you lose, then he could get leaves for nothing. And the Titans, Will Levis, they're clearly going to be in rebuilding mode. And they're going to be in pretty decent cap shape. Right now they've got basically 157 million dollars in cap commitments of 40 players under contract. So, by NFLPA data, they might not get the compensatory pick for him, or a good one. I'd try to move him. If I could get a third round pick, I'd probably take it. Another team that could make sense, the Browns, after losing Nick Chubb. Um, you wouldn't have to do a salary conversion with him because the Browns have the second most cap space in the league. They're sitting on... $34.3 million of cap space so they could easily absorb his salary. Now, the Vikings are in an interesting situation to me. Got back to 4-4 four and four after a rough start but lost the quarterback yesterday to a torn right Achilles. That's the fear. The MRI is probably just going to confirm that today. Um, lost them um, Kirk Cousins. If you had Cousins, four and four, not thinking about selling anybody, but quarterbacks, you have Nick Mullins who's on IR for back energy for at least another week. Uh, Jaron Hall, they drafted this year, no uh, fifth round pick. And those was the Sean Mannions on the practice squad. So four and four, they're not they may have made a run if the way Cousins was playing, playing the best football of his career. The big fish for them, what you would want to do, if you're going to sell anybody, be Daniil Hunter. After this uh, Sean Gary deal, that sets the floor for him. He's in a contract year. Uh, he's making $17 million this year. He's got a $10 million base salary left of $1.5 million per game roster bonuses. So you're going to need... $6,349,604 of cap space to acquire him. So it will be interesting to see if losing cousins changes their dynamic in the equation of what they're going to do. Because they certainly would not consider selling anybody uh, with a healthy cousins. But Hunter, they haven't, he's been on half his contract for years. Haven't paid him. He's got 10 sacks. He'd be a welcome addition if you could get at least a second round pick form and if you have to eat salary, would you consider it? I don't know. Now I'm gonna go back to the Titans for one thing, speaking of quarterbacks. Wait, um, Will Levis played if I'm the Titans, I'm trying to sell Ryan Tannehill. He doesn't have a long term future in Tennessee, he's in the final year of his contract. You drafted Malik Willis last year in the third round. Will Levis this year, who had a sparkling debut, although we'll see what happens in a couple of weeks once defenses finally catch up to him. Um, Tannehill, before he uh, had the ankle sprain, the high ankle sprain, not having his best year. Will Levis threw more touchdown passes yesterday to Andre Hopkins than Ryan Tannehill's thrown all year. Threw three to Hopkins. Tannehill's got two Touchdown passes, six interceptions, completing sixty percent of his passes, has eleven 1, hundred twenty passing yards. I try to sell him to a quarterback needy team, um, Vikings maybe, the Browns from the standpoint that P.J. Walker is not the answer is a replacement for Deshaun Watson who's got the shoulder problem. That who knows how long. That's going to last just as an insurance policy. Problem is, the Titans are going to have to eat a ton of salary for this to work. Tannehill's got a $29 million base salary. So that means you would need 60, a little over $16 million in cap space, which the only team that potentially could do that that needs a quarterback would be the Browns. So let's say they ate 15, so all you need is basically $1.1 million in cap space. Kind of take what you could get for Tannehill. they already going to have $9.2 million in dead money next year uh, from the voiding dummy years. That would jump to 19.2 if you converted uh, $15 million into signing bonus to that $10 million, which would be prorated. Um, $15 million being prorated over three years, $10 million in 2024 and 25. So I... Increase the dead money to 19.2, but it's really an offset because you're getting um, $10 million of cap space this year from the conversion. So that's a wash. Now, I would be looking, what would make more sense for Cleveland if they're going to get a quarterback would be going back to the commanders. Jacoby Brissett doesn't play. They're rolling with Sam Howell. He was there last year, $8 million salary. Um, Signed one year deal for $8 million. $4.5 was a signing bonus. That's $3.5 left as a base. There's a $500,000 incentive uh, of incentives counting on the cap. So you would basically need about $2 million of cap space to acquire G- Jacoby Brissett. Maybe Vikings thinking about that as well. Um, but those would be a couple of the quarterback options. The Bills supposedly are looking particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Matt Milano, they've lost him. Uh, Tredavious White, he's gone for the year as well. Josh Norman, 36-year-old Josh Norman, is playing corner. Elevated from the practice squad. So that's something they should really look to address more than the offensive side of the ball because they have two big losses on defense um, the Bills from a cap standpoint uh, have 4.1 um, million basically a cap space. Uh, Josie Jewell from a linebacker standpoint might make sense uh, for them for Denver. Um, for Josie Jewell you would need a little over two point six million dollars in cap space. He's got base salary about two five, and you have one hundred fifty thousand in per game roster bonuses you'd have to account for as well. So that's doable. Uh, from a cornerback standpoint, uh, two guys come to mind. One, the Bears, who really should be sellers uh, to me, Jalen Johnson. And that's really a signability issue. It kind of falls in the Roquan Smith category. that They weren't going to be able to meet his asking prices what they came out of their side. They dealt him. It's um, a signability issue. If you're not going to pay Jalen Johnson, who's going to want upper echelon cornerback money, and you have like Trayvon Diggs, who signed for $19.4 million on extension before he um, got hurt this year. He's probably going to be looking at that stratosphere. Now, to rent him, it's not that cheap. It's not going to be that expensive to rent him for the rest of the year. Because he's got a $2.993 million base salary. So you just need $1,662,778 in cap space to acquire him. But they're probably going to want a pretty decent pick for him. Um, Another option would be uh, Dante Jackson uh, from Carolina. He's coming off the torn Achilles. He's under contract through 2024. Um, each of these years, he's making 10622500 He did a salary conversion this year, where 7642500 was converted to signing bonus into March. in March. So, that left him with $1.7 million in per-game roster bonuses, $200,000 workout bonuses, uh, sunk cost, and a base salary of $1.08 million. So, you would need $1.6 million of cap space to acquire him. And you'd have him under contract for another year. He not only makes sense for potentially the Bills, although... Kyle Shanahan has come out and said, basically, uh, we have all the answers in our locker room, in our building. Past two games, they've been lit up in the passing game by Cousins and then Joe Burrow this week, that maybe they should be looking at a cornerback. And there's familiarity with with um, Jackson, Steve Wilkes the 49ers offensive, uh, defensive coordinator, was in Carolina last year as their coordinator and then interim head coach. Marity sometimes it brings comfort, so that may make sense um, for them. Now, staying with the uh, Carolina Panthers for a minute, one guy that I don't anticipate getting moved is going to be edge rusher Brian Burns Um, he's got a 16.012 option Uh, He's making 16.012 million on his fifth year option this year he's someone Carolina tried to extend during the uh, training camp in the preseason Um, signability (laughs) be a problem that one they turned down a pretty hefty package for him last year from the Rams at the trading deadline Turned down two first-round picks and a third-round pick last year. So <laughs> they weren't going to trade him for that last year. Him being in the option year ain't going to be relevant to them. They're going to want probably a similar package. And then let's say you had someone who would be willing to meet their demands or give them something which would make it worth their while because they saw his franchise him next year. He's supposedly looking for $30 million per year. So then you got to sign him as well. So I don't anticipate him moving at all, just like I don't anticipate Devontae Adams moving. Um, I don't anticipate Patrick Sertan moving. Um, Broncos should be in sell mode. But he's the best player on the team. For me to move him, because he's under contract, you yeah, have him under contract through 2025. That would be his option year. Um, you got him in. There's no way I'm, I'm moving him because <laughs> you got him for next year. And uh, for next year, he's making a, a little over 3-5. There's no way I'm moving him. Um, you'd have to exceed what the Jaguars got for Jalen Ramsey a couple years ago just to even get me to consider it. And I'm still not taking that. you got to go above that. That was two first-round picks on a fourth. The Rams gave the uh, Jaguars. He would be on my untouchable list. He's part of the solution, not the problem. But, speaking of Broncos, maybe they sell high on one of their receivers. Um, Jerry Judy, two touchdowns yesterday. He's probably easier to move than Cortland Sutton because of the contract. And I think... If uh, Sean Payton had his druthers, he'd rather have Sutton uh, around. He seems to be their number one receiver. Um, Jerry Judy, this year, you'd only need a shade under 1.5 a cap space for him. He has a fifth-year option for $12.987 million. If Chase Claypool went for a second last year, <laughs> you'd probably have to do more than that to get Denver to move off of him. I would think... Uh, they reportedly wanted a one for him. That's too much. But y'all said Kadarius Tony last year go for a third and I think a, a fifth. Um is a culture move out of New York to Kansas City. That definitely wouldn't get it done, but maybe a second and something else would get Denver's attention. Um, Sutton's harder to move just because of his salary. Um, Scott, he's under contract through twenty twenty five. He's making fourteen million this year. Plus five hundred thousand per game roster bonuses, um, so you're going to need almost eight million for his remaining salary <laughs> to acquire him. Um, so I don't really see uh, that one happening. Um, speaking of receivers, the Raiders would love to move Hunter Renfro. Now they signed him last year to a two-year, thirty-one point seven million dollar Extension, he's under contract through twenty twenty four. That deal averages fifteen point eight five million per year. But only got Jacoby Myers this year is redundant because he basically does the same thing, um, slot receiver. They uh, this year, he's making eleven point five point eleven point five four nine million in cash. Uh, four point three two million was a roster bonus in March. He's got a $6.5 million base salary and $629,000 in per-game roster bonuses. You would need a shade over $3.75 million of cap space to take him on for the rest of the year. Plus, because of the way the per-game roster bonuses work, since they're a per-game event, only a certain amount is counting is likely to be earned the first 10 games. So, for each additional game that he was active, you potentially would need another $259,000 in cap space to account for the roster bonus if he's active every game. So, you're really talking about $4 million in cap space. Raiders would have to probably eat a significant amount of salary. Hunter Renfro is not going to be there next year. He, they're not going to pay Hunter Renfro $11.882 million, and they don't use him. That won't happen. Well, Who's to say that Josh McDaniel is going to be around next year if the Raiders don't become more competitive? But this is kind of a fire sale mode. You'd have to eat cap space to send him someplace. Um, Another guy I I would look to move if I'm the Raiders is Austin Hooper. You got Michael Meyer Meyer that you drafted in the second round. Um, Hooper started as the um, start at the beginning of the year, but really they're... Their play time was about even. They were both playing a little over 50%. It shifted last week um, where Hooper's clearly the number two tight end. His snaps were down to about 35%. Myers was about 75%. To me, the Bengals, who typically aren't buyers at the trading deadline, have a big deficiency at tight end. Last year the rent tight end thing worked with Hayden Hurst. It's not working out, Robert Smith Jr. To me, I'd be looking at a tight end. Um if I'm them. And for Austin Hooper, he'd be it'd be a day three pick, a late day three pick. It's making he's on a one year deal. He won't be back there next year. Um it's one year deal for two point seven five million. And uh a million of it was a signing bonus. So you've got $1.165 million in base salary and $510,000 in per-game uh, roster bonuses. So you'd really need $917,000, basically, to acquire him. Or I'd look at um, the Colts, because they probably have a one tight end too many. Jelani Woods has been on IR all year. Uh, Mo Ali Cox's snaps are way down this year, but he'd be a more expensive acquisition. But you'd also have him for 2024. That solved your tight end problem next year. He's making 5.92 million next year. Um, this year, it's a 4.8 in base salary plus 510,000 in per game roster bonuses. So you need basically three million dollars in cap space um, to acquire him. The Bengals typically don't make moves, but from a cap standpoint, it could be done. The Bengals have $10.6 million uh, in cap space. Now, the Lions, to me, should be in acquisition mode. They're going to win the uh, NFC North, uh, particularly the Vikings losing Cousins. There's nobody really to challenge them. I'd really be looking at an edge rusher. And New England should be in cell mode. Two and six. Josh Uche kind of fit the bill uh, to me. Uh, he's going to be hard to sign. He's more of a situational pass rusher there. I don't know why he'd want to stay there. Um, he'll probably try to command two more money than they'd want to pay him. He's got an ankle injury right now that's minor. Played his college football at Michigan. Uh, when James Houston went down, there really isn't another huge pass rushing threat to on the outside, the pair of Aiden Hutchinson. So that might make sense to rent him, rent Josh Uche, uh, for the year. And it wouldn't cost you very much from a cap standpoint that, um, he's making $1,349,910 this year. So from a cap standpoint, you need $741,617 in cap space. Uh, the Lions could easily afford that. They've got a little over $6.32 million in cap space this year. So I suspect that this year's trading deadline is not going to be as eventful as last year's with uh, some of the bigger names going. Saquon Barkley, don't think he's moving. He doesn't want to move. Giants said they're not going to move him. If Kyler Murray's coming back to play this year, um, they've activated his practice period. Marquise Brown probably wouldn't be moved. We'll see if we have the type of movement we had last year, but if you have these guys you need to uh, convert salary, it probably has to be done today by 4 p.m. Eastern, so that can be processed. And then you make the trade tomorrow. Um, that's what the... Um, Bears did last year with um, Roquan Smith. They announced a trade on Monday. They had to convert salary, and then officially it was moved Tuesday before the deadline. So if you don't see a Derrick Henry or these guys who have big salaries have it converted today, odds are they're not moving unless for some reason someone like the Browns blows the Titans' socks off they don't need to convert salary because they got enough cap room for Derrick Henry, then guys with big money salaries like um, Daniil Hunter could be moved. But um, as I said, I suspect it's going to be a little anticlimactic compared to last year. Last year was uh, one that was the most eventful deadline day in history. I suspect we'll see more minor trades than big trades. And then once the trading deadline ends... Everyone is subject to waivers um, when you are released. Right now, players are four more uh, credited seasons, have their contracts terminated, they're free to sign anywhere after the trading deadline starting on Wednesday. You cut anybody, they have to go through the waiver process where they can be claimed for 24 hours. If nobody claims the contract, then they're free to sign. But that's a look at what we... The lay of the land heading into tomorrow's trade trading deadline, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, is when trades have to be completed. Once that deadline passes, trades cannot be executed until the 2024 league year starts, and the 2024 league year begins next March 13th. So that's uh, this time's... um, Inside the cap. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel, C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take. Um, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.